Welcome, everybody, to the Katie and Me podcast. As always, I am Chris Hutchinson with my partner, Katie Rogers. This is episode 11 already. We're at episode 11, which is pretty cool. Uh, We are going to try something a little bit different today. We are still doing our podcast via Zoom, and we're going to do a two-parter. We are both going to talk a little bit about the positives and negatives that we have experienced during coronavirus. So, Katie, how are you doing today? I'm good, Chris. How are you holding up? You know, I'm here. We made time to do a podcast, so yeah. things, things can't be that bad. It's been it's been interesting for sure. Uh, learned a lot. I've learned a lot about things I do well and things I don't do well when I'm essentially quarantined in my own house. So. We'll get into that. Uh, Before we do, I just want to give a quick shout out to our show partner, Audible. I'm sure most people out there are heavily using Audible and have been for the last couple of months. But if you're not familiar, Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. If you are interested in getting a free trial of Audible, please go to audibletrial.com backslash Katie and Me Podcast. And as always, Katie is spelled K-A-T-Y. Thanks to Audible for being an affiliate partner. Katie, why don't you kick things off here today and you are going to cover a few things that have been deemed, I guess, positives for you during the coronavirus. And then I will talk a little bit about three things that could be deemed negative that I've experienced and then we'll flip-flop in episode 12. So with that, I will turn it over to you. All right. Thanks, Chris. And I know we had talked about um, these are very personal things, right? So I would love to say, hey, the environment's cleaning itself up while we're all withdrawing. But but, um, on a more personal note and kind of on that same tack is that I am a farmer and I grow produce and the interest in growing food and local food. And in general, the food supply is really being piqued by this whole experience. Mm -hmm. People are are starting to care and learn a little bit more about that. And I get phone calls and emails every single day, people looking for local food, looking for food that they can trace the origin of that hasn't been handled a whole lot. That's got the highest nutrients available and Mm -hmm. kind of just securing a relationship with a farmer right now. Um, I've noticed people feel kind of scared. Sure. through this process. And so they're reaching out and they want to know their farmer. And um, that's a thing we've been hoping for for a long time with what I do. I was just going to say that's that's interesting. And that is that is a very strong positive because one of the things that you and I have talked about, one of the themes that we've been discussing together for the last couple of years is building that relationship between ag and urban and suburban folks. Yeah. And, the general uh, population, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's been a really nice thing on my end is people starting to care about what I do (laughs) and being interested. So, um, and it's different across different aspects of agriculture, obviously. So we've seen packing facilities, particularly meat packing facilities, um, didn't get aggressive early on and we've got closings and even deaths of employees and a lot of nerves there. And we've got all this happening, but your local produce farmer, although we have lost a lot of those streams to restaurants for the time being, your local produce farmer is still out just working really long days and, and getting Mm -hmm. everything done and ready for you. So So Katie, when people are expressing interest in some of the produce that you um, produce, (laughs) um, how do you, how do you serve them? How, uh, how have you, 
you know, have you had to change kind of your processes in terms of being able to get the protos to these folks? What does that look like? Well, for our farm, and it's it's very farm specific, but um, we have several different like silos or or um, aspects that allow us to get our produce out into the community and into the hands of consumers. And as a general rule, there's two ways, right? There, it enters a supply stream where it's sold wholesale and then goes into a retail market, which would be you know grocery stores and things. Or there's what's called direct to consumer sales, and our farm is primarily direct to consumer sales. So we participate in a farmers market, which is now going online. So we're going to do online weekend sales, but we have a community supported agriculture membership program on our farm, a CSA. They get really popular every few years. I've been in and out of the CSA realm for almost nine years now um, as a farmer, but people pay up front at the beginning of the season, then they get a percentage of what we produce like on a weekly or biweekly basis. Yeah. So that's, um, we've actually grown that this year. And I was on a call with a bunch of other farmers, more than 40 just a few weeks ago. And um, some of them have seen doubling and tripling of their direct to consumer sales and their CSA memberships and things already this season because of this. So that's really strong. You know, I, I want to support the, that aspect of agriculture. And now it's it's really having a moment. Sure. Uh, and hopefully that moment continues because I know that you're a massive, uh, you know, food advocate and yeah. uh, where food comes from and how it's produced and what mm-hmm. we put in our mouths. And so, yeah, definitely a positive that that's picking up not only for your farm, but maybe that trend will yes. continue. Um, yes. Hopefully that this ride that been, train. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that one of the silver linings with this is that maybe people will be a little bit more aware of, you know, how quickly a pandemic can incapacitate and, you know, being pivoting to healthier living is always a good thing to try and, and do and, and yeah. follow. So um, I guess I'm still curious though. So on this direct to consumer, that indicates that it's from you directly to the consumer. So how, how do you handle, you know, social distancing and things along those lines? How, what does it look like to get them their actual product? Yeah, that's been really interesting and a discussion that we have to have, you know, just stay on top of all the time around here. Um, Cornell and Purdue and and uh, different federal agencies have released guidelines um, to help us, but it's not a hard and fast thing. So we're we're watching as guidelines come out and change and we're erring on the side of caution. But what it means is fewer people contacting the food. Gotcha. And no, no browsing on the part of the consumer. So for instance, our CSA would normally involve having tables of pre-washed produce laid out and people would bring their reusable cold bags and then choose the bunches or bundles or items that they would like off those tables to get their share. We can't do that right now. So our CSA members will pull up and we will have just a two person team to take their product from wash pack and into the container and then set it in their car. We won't actually have contact with them. So we're very careful about keeping our food clean and uncontaminated and, you know, dealing with uh, pathogens and things already. And now what we're doing is we're making it so that there are much fewer people involved. And that is a stressor on the farm. I mean, saying, okay, now we're going to harvest all of this with two people and we're going to get it all washed and packed with two people. Like that's huge. That's, and that's you you and one other person, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's how that works. So, um, and it's not that we can't have teams, you know, we're working on dividing up that labor, but it is um, fewer people, shortest possible chain, no contact. And of course, you know, we're gloved and masked and everything. So it's been, it's, that's been a very strange adjustment. Normally I am a big, more hands make light work person. (laughs) Well, yeah. And I mean, I, 
and I know you and I know how uh, committed you are to this. So I can only imagine the, the hours that you're, you're putting in right now, but my guess would be uh, 12 plus hours a day, 12, yeah, 14 six, eight, hours a 10 P. Yeah. 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 Well, from someone that's known you for a while, uh, you've always been a hard worker, but definitely appreciate all that you're doing now. And, and I think it's awesome that awesome is maybe not the best word to use in this scenario, but I think it's great exposure for your farm and, the, and what you're doing. I mean, our previous interactions have been mainly around a lot of the work that you had done in, in Georgia. And I know the CSA farm that you built down there was, was one of the biggest in the region. So I'm excited for you that in short order, in spite of a pandemic, that you're being able to, to kind of grow what you do and are passionate about here locally. So that is, that is a good positive. Any, any other positives or anything else that yeah. uh, you've experienced that uh, has could be considered a positive during this pandemic? Yeah, actually. And, you know, I'm really glad that you kind of came up with this idea where we would talk about the things that were also good during this time, because I think that the... Well, don't worry, I'm going to talk about the negative, but <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've established I'm a glasses half empty kind of guy, so... <laughs> no, I mean, as of, you know, I'm looking this morning and there's like 65,000 confirmed deaths and to sit down and say, all right find something good in your life right now is like, I think mentally healthy on some level. And so that was, that was really good. And I've noticed working with fewer people, we can distance on the farm a lot. So sometimes there's more people out here, but working with fewer people and kind of finding more peace, there's, there's less traffic when I do have to pick up something somewhere and there's, it's okay to say no again, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. it feels so often like it's not okay to say no to anything if there's any way you can pull it off and it feels like right now we've made it okay to say no again like that's mm-hmm. that's even a responsible thing to do and you know and so i i do think that if i'm paying attention to it life can be a little more peaceful even with long days and lots of work to do life can be a little more peaceful right now and um we're accepting of that and i appreciate that it's really easy regardless of what you do but and especially if you have a family to get caught up in such a rat race yeah that it, life is flying by you. And I don't feel like life is just flying by at that rate, even with mm-hmm. one hour or so. So that's nice. Let's kind of be careful what you wish for, right? Because you 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 were so excited about this opportunity with this farm and for, for a lot of reasons <laughs> that, that didn't revolve around having to step up production and distribution in a pandemic. So uh, <laughs> you really you really got what you wanted, but probably tenfold. Um, yeah. You know, that it's, it's, you know, definitely a positive that you're getting to do what you're good at and passionate about. So yeah. I'm in that regard. Yeah. And you asked for three things and I got to say, I, I've had time to reflect on what's important right now. And that sounds so cheesy and cliche. Like, mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Like, but, but you really do. You go, oh, I'm starting to value interactions with human beings on a level that I don't normally. I normally am just like getting to the next thing all the time, you know, and this kind of piggybacks yeah. on the last thing I said, but I really do get to value that. And I think that I, you know, on some level, I don't miss close proximity to other humans, mm-hmm. but part of me does. Maybe I'm going to appreciate that more in the future because of this. No, I I agree. I think that what that looks like, at least for me, is going to probably be uh, changed. Um, I was always a a big hugger and and all that. Uh, I think that that's probably more of a negative, but that's, um, 
I think that's going to be, that's going to be changed for me moving forward. I just, I do miss being around other people for sure. And I'm sure my family is excited to not have me around as much either. But um, I think how, how I share that, you know, share that joy with people may, may be different now that uh, we've experienced what we have the last, last couple of months. Well, I appreciate that insight, Katie. I think that that's awesome. And it's always nice to hear some positives. And as a reminder in episode 12, I will talk about some of the positives that I've experienced, but now I'm going to talk about some of the negatives that I've experienced during this pandemic. But before we do that, I just want to, again, thank Audible uh, for being a show partner. Audible helps people get more stories and information through the gift of found time, which we all have a lot right now. So use your newfound time to learn something new, share some cool content with your family, or relieve stress by enjoying thousands of available titles. And again, if you are interested in a free trial of Audible, please visit audibletrial.com backslash Katie and me podcast. As always, thanks to them for their support as an affiliate member. So I am going to segue from Katie's very positive take on and things that that she's experienced on the positive side and talk a little bit about some of the challenges that I've dealt with during coronavirus. And, you know, we we joke a lot or I, I self-deprecate a lot that I tend to be a little bit of an Eeyore sometimes or, or worst case scenario or, or glasses is half empty person. And uh, I make the argument that it's more that that I'm a realist, or I'm also very much a believer in suspenders and belt. Uh, I like to have every every <laughs> angle or every scenario potentially covered, uh, and so yeah, I do tend to 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 look at what the worst case scenario can be in things, and that may have served me well during this, but there was still definitely uh, a number of things that that I struggled with and, and continue to struggle with during the, this pandemic. I'd say the thing that has probably been the biggest challenge for me is just I've been a really impatient dad and husband and and probably started out a little bit a little bit better, but as time has gone by, I've I've lacked a little bit of empathy and I, I have developed some inabilities to understand that the people that I live with are probably struggling as well. Uh, and so, you know, things like um, my 12 year old just doing what 12 year olds do, which sometimes involves making noise or, you know, uh, being active is like, it just, I kind of short out. And um, so that's been, that's been a struggle just in terms of, you know, the reality of being in such close proximity 24 seven. And then, and then with that, my wife and daughter have, have followed the guidelines, but have on occasion run errands or, or, gone out and about. And my response when they come home is rather dictatorial. <laughs> I'm short of me like hosing them down, but I'm <laughs> on top of them making sure that they're washing their hands and using hand sanitizer and wiping everything down. And, you know, just, it's probably highly, highly annoying, but I, you know, I'm a bit of a germaphobe and I've, I've taken this to heart. I've literally been in lockdown. I, I've counted how many times I've driven somewhere and it's honestly, it's been three times in the last uh, eight weeks um, and all three times were to go to pick up a prescription. I hadn't even left the house. I, I finally went out yesterday and went on a bike ride by myself just to try and clear my head a little bit. But so that's, that's been a challenge and I, I feel like it's kind of put a strain a little bit on my relationship with them and we've had honest conversations about it, but 
it's not like I can flip a switch and just become, you know, world's greatest dad again. So it's definitely a stressor to have everyone in the same space all the time. It is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that, that's, that's, been, that's, that's one that I would definitely consider a negative. It's funny because I see friends and people that I follow, you know, they've done all these amazing things with their family with all this newfound time. And they're like, we started this new family regimen of this and that. And they like look perfectly balanced and happy. And like, I'm like, you know, everyone's lose, making lose a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like losing my mind on an hourly basis. So um, <laughs> that that's, that's, it's, you know, down the road, hopefully it'll be funny and we'll look back at it as, as humorous, but um, it has been less than humorous a number of times the last uh-huh. several weeks for sure. So that, that's one. And then the second more of a internal is, you know, I just, I fell back into some really lazy habits. Uh, I got inactive. I was pretty, pretty regularly working out at Orange Theory like three or four times a week and was really bought into that for the last couple few years. And yeah, you're really yeah. into working out. I'd made a, a big change in terms of where I was weight wise and had got committed to, you know, I, I was a former athlete and trying to just get back in the habit of, of doing good things. And I went jogging twice and outdoor jogging for me is just, it's no bueno. Everything hurts. I'm a bigger guy. It kills my back. It kills my legs. And so I just kind of said, well, screw it. Uh, I'll just wait until this passes and then get back into get back into, you know, normal workout habits and stuff. So I've been inactive. I've gained some weight and then I've compounded that by just having horrible eating habits. So (laughs) (laughs) I needed, I needed you here, Katie, to like challenge me on like, what are you putting in your mouth? Which you always like, which you always say. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you putting that in there? Yeah. Just like awful sleeping habits and you know, waking up at three or four in the morning and then deciding, well, that's a good time to, to jump into doing some work and then sleeping till eight. And then, you know, just like crazy, crazy schedule. And I, I literally can feel myself like now I get winded walking up and down the stairs again. And I'm like, God, what the hell happened? It only took, you know, six weeks and you just like <laughs> fallen off the face of fitness. So I I have had, I've had so many friends tell me that like, they're just eating is like their new hobby and they're just like eating their way through all their supplies every time they get replenished. Yeah. Yeah. It's like every two weeks we have to go get another four weeks worth of supplies. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, and I, and I think some of it is stress. I will say that I am kind of a compulsive person when it comes to to anything. So yep. instead of drinking, I will say that I've been eating more. Um, I was, re- I was literally, I was a little bit worried cause I've, I've been known to have some, some challenges with alcohol in the past. And I was afraid of like, man, eight weeks working from home, this could, this could be bad. So I think I was like so focused on making sure that I didn't become that guy again, uh, where I was like drinking every day, you know, to, um, I replaced it with eating. Um, so <laughs> pick your poison, I guess. But um, it's, yeah, it's been, it's frustrating, like to work so hard to get healthy. And then it just doesn't take very long to, to kind of fall off that. So that's been interesting, but I will say, cause I do want to add a sprinkle of positivity. I'd run a couple of businesses the last few years and one of which demanded a lot of my time. The pint cycle was a outdoor entertainment company and mm-hmm. I was busy every weekend and most evenings, especially when the weather was nice and so my, uh, something I really enjoyed doing was, was riding my own bike. And I hadn't done that consistently in probably over three years. And so during the, during the quarantine, I actually had someone come and tune up my personal bike 
And yesterday was the first day in three years that I, that I got it out and took out for a ride. And like everything I do, I'm compulsive. So I went for a 20 mile ride, having not ridden at all in three years and I can barely walk today, but Hey, that's, that's good. I'm, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully I can get back. That's a long ride. Yeah, I don't I was, think I could be on a bike seat that long. Yeah. There's, there's parts of me right now that wishes I hadn't done that. So, so <laughs> anyway, goodness. hopefully, hopefully I can make my way out of this, this bad habit of, of, of being lazy. You um, will. You will because you're that compulsive person. Exactly. You'll flip a switch. Exactly. Yeah. So I told I, I told a couple friends yesterday that I shocked my system to to go out and, and jump all back in, and they're like, "Dude, why didn't you just ease back into it?" I'm like, "That's just not how I work. It's like I gotta be all in. You know, I'm all <laughs> right. in or I'm all out." Right. Um. So that that's been that's been another negative or challenge, I guess, during this time. And then lastly, and probably a little bit more introspective is. I don't feel like I've been there as much as I can be for others, uh, not just family, but but friends and and colleagues. I've been super concerned about my own health, and because of that, kind of fear of germs and and getting sick. And I mean, this is kind of my and not that pandemics are good in any capacity, but this is kind of like my worst case scenario, <laughs> like right. germs and people getting sick and, and dying, all horrible things. And this is like there's really even though there's things that you can do, ultimately, you could still get sick. You know what I mean? You could take all the precautions, but something could still happen. And so that lack of control doesn't jive well with me and my personality. And so this has really been me completely self-focused, ignoring calls from like my mom and my dad and other family members and uh, being that guy that's preaching constantly about safety precautions and openly judging people that, that aren't, you know, following precautions and just getting kind of angry and spiteful towards those people. Um, not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> and, and not, um, not really healthy mentally. So that, that has been another big challenge for me. You know, I kind of really didn't like how I've, how I feel, you know, it's very, um, it's kind of disturbing to go from someone that is as social and engaging as I normally am to this hobbit that's like balled up on the couch and not really wanting any interaction, even if it's virtual. So anyway, I'm well into my third cup of coffee and I'm probably rambling a little bit, but yeah, so those are, those are some of the things that I've, that I've had challenges with and uh, could probably talk about more negatives, but probably distressed our audience enough with, with those. I think that we can all relate to that though. I mean, I've got, yeah, I'll, we'll, we'll do another episode and I'll go yeah. into <laughs> all the negatives there, but no, that's, that's all very, very um, fair and relatable. And I think that one of the toughest things about all of this is trying to have any kind of balance. Yeah. It's just, it's really difficult when you're in this like groundhog day thing. I agree with you on that. And you know, there was jokes about like, what day is it? Is you know, it's, it's March 347th and <laughs> um, you know, and, and, it's so and, real. I feel yeah, that my and it's soul, like, man. yeah, I, I literally yesterday I, I had to ask my wife, I was like, Hey, is, is today Friday as I'm sitting in front of my computer and have access to a calendar. But I wasn't even, it didn't matter that there was a calendar in front of me. If you don't know what day it is, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So just like, oh yeah, okay. It, it is, it is Friday. Uh, I only have 12 more hours of work today. Yeah. I, it's been, it's been, I've seen some good things and some bad things in me personally, and I'm looking forward to hopefully coming out of this and I'm looking forward to talking about some of the positives in our next episode, which would be episode 12.
Yay. So with that, Katie, do you have any final thoughts, anything that you'd like to add to wrap up this episode? I don't. I think that we covered some important stuff and it was nice to, to uh, be on a Zoom that wasn't work-related. And <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> right? The whole world is happening on Zoom now. It's amazing. Yeah. And yeah, we'll see, we'll see where this all leads. But um, I appreciate you taking the time today, Chris. And I know that you're going to bounce back from these things because that's what you do. We are resilient exactly. people. We yeah. are, both of us. Yeah. And thanks to producer Pete for his help on this episode. Hey, Pete. And with that, uh, thanks to our listeners, and we will see you in episode 12.